Well, it's another episode here with Wake Up With KC. And today I have a very special guest joining us today. And, you know, I talk about, you know, the beliefs programs, emotional energetic traumas, and, you know, we go through experiences, the healing, transformation, and all of that. But this guest has a unique in her own self some experiences and what she's learned and gained and healed and she even wrote um 2020's best book she has an award for this and it's god came to my garage sale so please welcome dr marnie hill for darrow hey marnie hi thanks for having me on casey i am like when i got the your, your email and God came to my garage sale. You know, I have to be honest. I'm like, oh God, you know, what now? You know, what what what's the you know essence of this story? And then when I looked further into it, I'm like, oh my God, she's the one I need to have on my show to talk about this. Yeah. I thought it was a religious kind of base thing. And you know, books, you know, could be deceiving titles and whatnot. But if you look deeper into it you get a bigger picture like oh okay <laughs> so i am just so stoked and i just like wow i want to know like how you know you've experienced life challenges and you learn to put goodness compassion honesty and We have some technical error here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Okay. We More froze up and I was like, oh yeah. no, what happened? <laughs> you know, it froze a couple times. But I mean, like what happened? And then, you know, your journey and your awakening yeah. that led you to God came to my garage sale. Well, you know, um, my journey is similar actually to so many other people's journeys. You know, you go along living life busy raising a family living the american dream and and i was and but there was a defining moment that i knew i needed to leave my 27 year marriage uh, my values of honesty and goodness and fiscal responsibility and fidelity all of those values that i hold very dear were not the same values of who i was married to and uh, it was a very scary time but i knew that I had to follow my instincts and just escape, you know, without an escape plan, unfortunately, um, because I did endure a lot of losses. Um, I lost my home, which I, um, gosh, I was hoping to live in the rest of my life and, um, you know, was told it was paid off for 10 years, but it was, it was in foreclosure and, lost my money and lost my assets. And, you know, I can, I can lose all these things and people do lose material possessions, um, to different scenarios. Um, but I, I, in the midst of all this, I also lost my two adult children to parental alienation, which was just trauma at its worst, you know, and luckily they were adults when I chose to divorce. 
Um, they were 20 and 2023, 20, but it was still just absolutely unnatural and devastating to have these children you've raised for two decades, very close relationship, just all of a sudden not be in your life and to learn that it's all because of a false narrative and someone's, you know, malevolent intention to kind of use them as a weapon against you because they want you destroyed because, you know, you've figured out their number. But anyway, I, you know, I've always handled challenges and adversity with love and light and goodness. I look at anything that I go through that's challenging as a life lesson that I am meant to experience on my journey. So in the midst of, of trying to, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together, I had to have a garage sale. And, but at this garage sale, I was filled with gratitude and I was thankful for what I experienced, even though at the same time I was losing everything and some miracles, you know, were presented to me that really caught my attention. And there were so many that I couldn't ignore. And it prompted me to really dive into the research on near-death experiences and spiritually transformative encounters to really understand what I experienced. I'm someone who really, I want proof and I want evidence and I want, you know, I just need more confirmation. Um, and I sure got it. Um, I sure got it. And, and the experiences were so profound that um, I wanted to write about them. Um, and I wanted to bring awareness that there are signs and synchronicities around us that so many of us ignore because we're busy living life. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it takes a traumatic emotional situation, you know, that hits you to the core and it can look different for different people um, that really gets you, you know, contemplating is there something more going on here? Could God actually come to a garage sale? Well, <laughs> wow. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, people getting busy. I look at it that they're stuck in a program and a belief system. They're really not living life. Right. They're actually accustomed to other people's beliefs that they took on themselves. And they're really, truly not living life. And that's why there's chaos. There is, they're not fulfilled. They're not satisfied. They're unhappy. They're miserable. Then you get the sicknesses and the disease because of one stress, you know, and they're in survival mode 24 seven. Right. Definitely. You know, when you're in kind of a survival mode, like you said, you're in fight or flight, you've got the cortisol running and, you know, your emotional stress can lead to some physical ailments. And, and, you know, you, you're, when you're not really living life, I, I really thought though, that I was living life. Um, but I was also ignoring so many signs, so many red flags that were really in my face to say, some things are not right. And I've learned now the hard way that you need to pay attention to your gut intuition, your feeling that if something is not right, you know, 
if you've seen certain things or learned certain things that someone has told you, no, you didn't see that correctly, uh, you're mistaken, whatever, realize that, you know, there's more to it and you need to follow your own gut intuition. Well, it's more of the gut, the heart and the mind when the mind, because we have three brains, you know, one is in the mind, one is in the heart, and one is in our digestive system. And when they're all in alignment, oh my God, intuition is right on. And, you know, we're not taught, you know, how to work. That's actually our soul communicating with us to guide us, warn us, and, you know, what we need to do. What is the next step? What not to do? Pause. Hold up for a second, you know. And we get little bits of it. But if we were taught about that and learned how to have that relationship communicating with it, oh, my gosh, everybody would be better off. Right, right. You know, and they wouldn't be in in the reality that they created themselves by ignoring the signs. Right. <laughs> so what was, you, you mentioned about, you know, having your garage experiencing synchronicities and whatnot. And you started looking into near-death experiences. Right. Why the near-death experience? Well, because the spiritually transformative encounters or experiences, which turns out what happened to me, they're very similar to near-death experiences. And actually, my life partner now, who was a friend back then, um, was going to the IONS meetings, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Um, we were in the Chicago suburbs at the time. And so in Evanston, Illinois, um, once a month, they had meetings where they would bring in guests to talk about, you know, otherworldly encounters. And so he was already going to all of these. And so I started to join with him and realized that, wait a minute, what I experienced was very similar to this, where, you know, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Because like in my particular case, and it's different for everyone, um, at the same time, it's very similar for everyone too, but my experiences were all in slow motion and, and the ones I continue to have are kind of when I'm in a deep state of gratitude and things, there's just like no time. There's just like no time. And that is something that has been expressed by people that have had near-death experiences. I just didn't have to flatline, you know, and physically leave this earth the trauma was so severe for me that it was almost just as profound as actually dying and having these experiences and coming back to life to be able to, to talk about them. So that's how the two kind of are connected. Um, very, very similar. And, you know, that provided me with a lot of proof and validation. You know, I got to know... Um, uh, Dr. Eben Alexander and his life partner, Karen Newell, um, he's a Harvard neurosurgeon who died from meningitis, had a near-death experience. Um, no physical way that he could have experienced what he did 
And now his research on consciousness has made, you know, huge impacts with the the literature and the proof that there is heaven. In fact, his book is called Proof of Heaven. He was one of many. Um, he's just pretty well known, but there were, you know, hundreds of other people's accounts that I I heard and, you know, um, they were so very authentic and, and it, it just made a lot of sense to kind of understand what I experienced at this garage sale. And it wasn't all at the garage sale. Um, some of the experiences were after and some of them were before. Um, I wrote it as a spiritual fiction Um and it was endorsed by James Redfield, who wrote the Celestine Prophecy, which was very, very cool. Yes. I, got, I know I got to know him. And, you know, he originally wasn't going to endorse anyone. He just said, you know, I'm kind of doing my own Celestine vision tour. And, you know, he has a number of books and, you know, he is so well known. I I didn't think I stand stood a chance, you know, to have him endorse my book. But I did say you know, I totally get it, but please take my manuscript. If you have a little time, you might want to glance at it. And two months later, he called me back saying he loved my story. And, and you know, and all of it's grounded on real experiences. Most fiction is. And um, he said, I'm endorsing you. And, and then I actually even had the foreword written by the IONS founding director from Santa Barbara, California. Um, as well as the founding president of the Chicago Ions, where, where, you know, I was attending. So, you know, then a number of other people kind of came into my life to support what I was doing. And, um, and it really has resonated with a lot of people. Like you said, it won that award. It just won a couple of weeks ago, the 2022 Hollywood Book Fest Award as the runner-up in spirituality category. So there's, you know, it's already becoming to be a very popular book club book nationwide, even internationally. So it's resonating with people. I think people are wanting to hear about these experiences now more than ever. Because wouldn't you agree that, I mean, I've had, I could share some of my experiences, um, you know, going through, you know, domestic violence, you know, being in, in, married not once, but twice, you know, and, you know, started questioning things. And, you know, I had that moment in my life where I was so frustrated, you know, I already have three kids, you know, two with my second marriage and whatnot. And I'm like, to be honest, like, what the fuck is this all there is to life? Like, they can't, like, it can't be. But if this is the way it is, check me out because I'm done. Like I got to that point where I was so frustrated and so fed up that I'm like, I didn't really want to live here if this is the way it's going to be. And then I'm like, if there is more and the grass is greener on the other side from where I'm standing, then show me the truth because I'm done. Like right. I'm done with the bullshit with religion. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of hypocrisy with the religion, with the organized religion. Yes. So I'm like, show me the I and I went, I want the fucking truth. Mm -hmm. And then that's when like something happened, something <laughs> shifted. And then people started showing up. Like uh Dr. Joe Vitelli. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. 
you know, he was the first. And then um, Margaret uh, Tuttle um, and, and the other people, because there was just like key words. Like then my, like everything opened up to where I was lit. Like I'd hear a key word and it, I would pause. I'm like, wait, and I would get hit. Right. It's almost like you have to ask the universe and, and you got to a breaking point and, and your, you know, plea was to ask the universe, tell me the truth. And you were shown the truth. And I think in my case, I got to, you know, I never wanted to check out, you know, myself. I always kind of wanted to keep going one foot in front of the other, but I sure wanted some answers. Why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. But, but then I also, in this whole journey, and we can get into it a little bit more because I did write a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. Yes. And, you know, through that research and that writing process, you know, I realized that, that the whole healing journey is tremendous and it does not happen overnight. It is very much a process. And that part of the process is you need to look at your own intergenerational family trauma. You need to go back to your own family of origin to find out what your foundation is and, and what, what, what is your role in some of these relationships? That's not, you know, saying that um, you take part in the abuse that has happened to you. No one should experience abuse. But the fact that your boundaries were not strong enough to protect yourself and love yourself enough to say, uh-uh, you know, you don't treat people this way. This is wrong. Or for our eyes to open of, of just unethical behavior that we allow because we're kind of predisposed to keep ourselves quiet and and just, you know, plug along and, you know, we keep thinking it's going to get better. We almost project our goodness of being honest, loving, caring, forgiving people onto other people thinking they are wired that same way when really not everyone's wired that way. No. And here's the thing, Marnie, that really like psychologically fucked me up. Mm -hmm. You know, I was brought up in the Southern Baptist religion. You know, you got to stay pure, waiting till you're married to have sex. And then I experienced being sexually abused at 13 and oh. then raped at 15. So that like psychologically, mentally messed me up because then, you know, being bombarded with you have to be this way you should act this way dress this way you got to be this way you know do not question the word of god and all this and i'm like and i experienced that i'm like well if god does exist why would he allow me to be right abused why is there violence why is there hatred why is there you know women being mistreated the way that like it did not makes sense to me like well if god's an all-loving god and you say god loves all his children and everything then why are people fighting against each other and why are women being abused That's right parents, you know there are men being abused too you know it 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 and unfortunately the most devastating is children are being abused yes innocent children are kind of caught by you know these malevolent individuals and their lives are damaged in so many ways. It's it's trauma. Yeah. Big time. Emotional, energetic trauma. But here's what I find fascinating, Marty. When I started looking at the generational 
Yeah. Okay. And looking at the cycle and the patterns in the generational line of my family between my mother and father. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was like opening up a can of worms. And I was right. like, holy shit, I need to stop this. The pot stops here. Cause I didn't want my children going forward, you know, or my future generations. But then it, it was like, you know, that DNA ancestry thing yeah. where you sign up and then it's like a, like a rabbit hole. Well, that's right. what it was like with this emotional energetic traumas. So I'm like, how far back does this go? Because here's the one key that I learned from Greg Braden was, okay, emotional energetic trauma. We were all, we're all energy and matter. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at timelines in history, even back to our misconceptions of our origins and how we were created, Mm -hmm. the woman it has the baby inside her whatever the woman is feeling and experiencing so is that child mm -hmm. so that energy that feeling that experiences is just getting transferred over to the child so the child comes into this world and then is bombarded with other stuff on top of what the mother experienced and then it just it's like it keeps going forward it's like paying it forward in a negative way Right. And you know, but so many of us are blind to what we're really going through until after we escape it. You know, I heard someone recently say, we don't know how heavy the backpack is until we take it off. Um, because really, you know, we might be fooling ourselves that everything is just fine. You know, I stayed in my marriage 27 years, yet I knew before I got married that I shouldn't have married this particular individual. There were so many red flags, but I just was blinded because I wanted a family. The timing seemed perfect. You know, we were in similar careers. I mean, just, you know, you make up all sorts of excuses. And then gaslighting is such a huge part of what happens to us. We are sort of um, gaslit to believe that we're not worthy, that we're looking at things wrong, that we don't have capabilities. And, you know, it's amazing what, um, you know, this false reality that we can live in until something very traumatic happens and your light bulb goes on. And, and I'm so thankful my light bulb went on. I mean, however, you know, I made the choice to escape that marriage. I had no idea that I would lose my two adult children. I mean, it's been almost a decade you know, without having them in my life. That is so unnatural. I mean, anyone who is a loving parent, you know, could empathize with, you know, the, the pain and trauma of not having your kids in your life. And, and my abuser flat out told me he would be, you know, he said, if you divorce me, I'm taking your home, your money and your children. And, and he did that. And, and you would think that, you know, a reasonably intelligent person and a loving parent would never have to experience this, but there, there's such manipulation and so much aligning that goes on with a false narrative or rewriting memories or, you know, they want you erased, you know, they're destroying you, but, um, and you're the focus, but the, the kids are the ones that, you know, are, suffer even more suffer even more. It's just, it's an unbelievably family dynamic that is, is just uh, so devastating. But then when you do the intergenerational work, you see that there was a lot of unhealthiness between your own parents 
-hmm. your abuser's parents, you know, even though they deny that, you know, they think they had a perfect childhood and that's what, that's their narrative. They're going to say up until the end, but the reality is, is no, no, there's damage all around and, and it can even go back further. So it takes a very strong person to get to a point in their lives where they say the buck stops here. I, I'm not, I, I'm going to, I'm going to expose it or I'm going to walk away from it. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to release it. And in doing that, like even in my case in midlife, um, you know, I'm 61 now. Um, I had to make some tough decisions about some family members to say, you know, no, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to stay in this relationship the way it is because it's very unhealthy. And, you know, it, um, it might be, they might enjoy it. They, there are other people that love chaos. They love confrontation. You know, they could be wired a different way. And I, I need to protect myself now. And, you know, I've gotten myself physically to a safer place, moving from the Chicago suburbs to the Caribbean. Um, you know, as much as I can, putting distance between the abuser and myself, although, you know, they, they're obsessive and they will continue to stalk and harass you and take you back to court, you know, um, until their dying day, probably, because they're stuck. Um, like I've heard you say before, people, some people are energetically stuck and they're not as evolved as those of us are that have experienced these things. We've dealt with the trauma. We're working on the journey. We take ownership for our role in it. And we just are trying to, to move ahead in a very healthy way, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah, because it's, you know, I am doing the same thing you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to, like, you have to cut the cord. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you had parents, you know, and I learned about this about the love, you know, and from my own spiritual experiences that I, I've been having and I continue to have. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, I forgot, you know, like this is exciting. This is, like, is. Makes me curious. And then you, it's like Dr. Joe Vitale at the beginning, he goes, You need to start asking question, question everything. You know, what is it that you believe? Mm -hmm. Is it belief because of what you were told to believe? Did you even question it? And see, growing up, I did question some of those beliefs. Well, why is this that, that don't argue with me? Because right. I said so. Yeah. You know, and I fortunately, like a lot of parents did did uh, respond that way, and some, like I think in my case, my questions were answered with more questions. Well, why do you think? And so, you know, even with that, which is a very philosophical approach, and could be good in a classroom at a college level, it may not be good for a kid who wants to have some answers. But then again, the truth of what the world is all about may not be um, so clearly seen by our parents, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're that's why we ask questions. It's a journey. Yeah. Because when you're young, you're in that inquisitive phase. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel a lot of times like they didn't really have the answer. So they just wanted to shut you up, shut mm -hmm. you down and go read your Bible. <laughs> the answer's in the Bible. I'm like, no, it's not. 
Now, and I didn't have that experience because I grew up in an atheist household. So we had no exposure to religion, no exposure to spirituality. A lot of good things I believe I was exposed to as far as the love of humanity and the wonder of nature and the acceptance of people and places that are very different than, than mine. Um, so there were a lot of great things I, I believe I, I gleaned from my childhood experiences. But, you know, really it was kind of a journey on my own to try to answer the questions that I had. Right. And, and continue to have, you know, I, I continue to want proof of things. I continue to ask for guidance. I'm, I'm continuing to heal on this journey, you know, and, um, but I feel like I'm really on my way and I feel that the writing has really been therapeutic for me. I think we all need to find what works for us, um, you know, to follow our passions or to try to, to make sense of everything. And for me, the writing really makes sense a lot. And that, and then to be able to write in a creative way, not just an informational way, but in a way where there's poetry and, and, you know, play on words and a survivor's workbook and, and just, you know, putting it out there to help other people on their journey of discovery is just so very rewarding. I don't have all the answers. I, I don't profess to, uh, you know, say that, okay, my way is the only way, but, yeah. but certainly I'm adding to the resources that are already out there for people to explore and see what fits for them. And I believe our voices matter. So, you know, like Kimberly, our candid conversation right here with our very comfortable back and forth about our experiences, this could really resonate with some people in your audience because, you know, I think it's through these conversations that we get permission to ask questions and, and, you know, say, Hey, it's okay. I'm not alone in this. Right. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I felt led. Like I heard it's time and I'm like, okay, time for what coffee? Uh, you know, and I kept, it's time. And I'm like, time for what can you please be more you know because that's the way sometimes you know spirit guides and your higher self talks to you it's little subtle little right, right. and then you know and i'm always questioning like okay what is it time for now <laughs> like can you <laughs> sort of give me some more insight on this you know right, you, right. please and then it led to my podcast yeah mm -hmm. and i'm like oh okay this is like because i was I felt led to go back to school to brush up on my skills. Mm -hmm. Then boom, during the pandemic, you know, of October, this coming October, it'd be two years since I've had yeah. this podcast. And then it went virtual. Like I have, I'm like, oh, now it's like, now I'm connecting the dots. I always tell everybody, be like Nancy Drew or the Hardy Wars. Right, Connect right. the dots because whatever little passion that you have, your soul is communicating why you came here. Right. And, you know, we're those of us, too, that have been through abusive relationships or unhealthy environments, we've had to learn how to connect the dots. And so this is just an extension of connecting the dots to make sense of everything. And then you look at your experiences like, OK, it's not as painful. 
you know, it doesn't hurt as bad. Mm -hmm. And you learn to just go with the flow. Go right. And knowledge is power. Experience. Don't label it as good or bad. It's just right. an experience. And then you ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? Mm -hmm. Because it's happened. It's come to me. You know, and I used to question, well, did I create this myself? You know, what's going on? I would like understanding about this of why I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. You know, and it could be something from your past that you didn't learn. And it just come about full circle again in a different form mm -hmm. for you to get it. So you don't have to continue like repeating the lesson until you learn it kind of thing. Would right. you agree? Yeah, you said that so beautifully. Yep. So, and it's like, you know, when, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm so sorry that you are going through like parent alienation, your kids just, but then I'm looking at it. Well, what are they learning? Right, right. Right. I have to realize that, you know, as painful and as hard as it is for me, it's got to be even more so for them because they're stuck. But I'll tell you, knowledge is power and, and understanding what parental alienation is. What are the tactics that abusers use to align people with them helped me understand Stockholm syndrome, which is a big component. Um, what do you is know that? Stockholm syndrome is, um, it's a phenomenon. Actually, it was coined after a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, where the bank tellers that were, had their lives threatened actually aligned with the plight of the bank robbers and wouldn't even testify against them in court um, because they, they really empathized with, you know, well, they had to rob the bank. They had to put a gun to my head you know, and, and that kind of thing. So it, it's called Stockholm syndrome. And this is exactly what these adult, young and adult children are experiencing with parental alienation. Um, they align with the abuser. Um, even though there's a false narrative and in their heart of hearts, they know, like in my case, they know their mom loves them to the moon and back. You know, they had 20 years. Well, one had 20 years with me and the other one had 30 years with me. And they know they know which parent cheats, lies, and steals, and which parent doesn't. I mean, they they know, but they're suppressing it because they live in fear of their you know alienator. And it's well, much easier. They're, they're in their adults. What? Oh yeah. Adulthood. So why participate in that? Like, if they know why, that's mind blowing to me. And that's not just with your kids. That's with other. I'm like. Right. Well, think about it like this, Kimberly. What about the adults that join a cult and stay in a cult and they cut off their family and they take, you know, they might rob and steal money or whatever to give to this cult leader, but they're adults and they should know better. So, so the knowledge of parental alienation really helped me come to terms with the reality of this situation. There's also another thing called independent thinker phenomenon. And that is where these kids will say, well, it's my idea to estrange from my dad or my mom. You know, that other parent had nothing to do with it when really that's not the case at all.
that indirectly, it could be subconsciously, it could be under the guise of care and love that that parent is doing everything in their power to destroy that loving bond that, you know, the one parent had with the other. And this happens to dads as well as moms. It's, you know, it's, it's just so shocking. I felt like I would be the absolute last person that something like this would happen to with the absolute connection and love I had with both of my children. But I do believe, you know, like you said, that they have some kind of journey that they're supposed to be going through to be able to have to endure what they're doing. You know, some, it took me so many years for my light bulb to go on. I can only imagine that it's going to take them a long time too. And I hope it's in this lifetime, but even then, you know, so much um, damage has been done. So many, um, you know, instances where trust has been lost uh, that, you know, you have to look out for your safety as well. It's not like, even though the loving parents, you know, unconditional arms are open wide at the same time, you know, you have to really take things slow because, you know, especially if the abuse is done in their life, it's not just the abuser, the alienator. Um, it's what they call the flying monkeys. You know, all these other people that have contributed to the alienation, whether it is one of your best friends, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's even coworkers that you know, sometimes even people silence, you know, when they say, well, I'm gonna remain neutral, I'm not gonna get involved. That silence is really supporting the alienator and the alienation. So it's a, you know, it's a whole phenomenon. If any of your audience thinks they might be dealing with parental alienation, either in their own life, you know, with their, with their family, or if they experienced it as a kid, you know, definitely there's a lot of great research out there on parental alienation. And actually, I was so amazed that Dr. Jennifer Harmon, who is a major researcher out of Colorado with parental alienation, she endorsed my five book series, as did Dr. Sam Vaknin, who is very knowledgeable about narcissistic personality disorders, you know, the undiagnosed conditions of some of these malevolent abusers. And, you know, Lisa Romano, some people have tuned into the Breakthrough Life Coach to get guidance on, you know, family trauma and stuff. She endorsed my books. Um, you know, Tamara Sweeney, who has a 501c3 called Agape Love Dominates. She has, I don't know how many years, she's over, over a decade without her four children in her life. And it's just, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And some of these abusers will take it to the extreme. I met an amazing man one time at a parental alienation conference um, who finally, this, this, he's such a loving dad. But as soon as, you know, he was on to some things that were very unethical about his wife, you know, he wanted to leave that marriage. And they had one child and, you know, she was engaging in extreme parental alienation with, with this son. And uh, finally, after many, many years of court battles, because these abusers loved the court system, they love to, you know, have you arrested or 
put orders against you or whatever they do. They want to drag you back into court. Finally, a judge saw the bigger picture and said, you know, you should get full custody of your of your son, Eric. And, and you know, so please go, go and you can get him now and here are the orders. And so he thought he'd call the police just to say, I just want to give you a heads up, you know, that I've been granted full custody. I'm going to go get my son. And, um, you know, just to give you a heads up, because it's a very contentious, high conflict divorce. You know, really, it's the his wife that was high conflict. Um, when he got there, he was surprised to see police were already there. He wasn't really quite sure why. Went up to the door and heard two gunshots. So the mother murdered their eight-year-old son, Eric, and then turned the gun on herself and killed herself because she was such an alienator that she did not want him to have custody of the child. And, and she didn't want him. She wanted to destroy him at any cost. And even if it meant taking her own life, she was going to do it. So these abusers are very dangerous. They can go to extremes to alienate you from your children. Well, I, what about, um, communication you know there's such thing i mean they're adults are they still living in in your in your abuse your ex-husband's house or are they living in their own place well are you talking my children yeah that too i I don't know i you know i don't know i have not had contact with one child for close to a decade and and the other one you know i i don't know all the details myself and at some point for my own well-being i need to in my particular situation just step back and i need to focus on living life myself i believe i'm still role modeling for my children that honesty and love and compassion is what it is all about and that's my message all the time i'm not out to bad mouth their father. In fact, I believe even after everything I've been through, I believe that children need a relationship with both parents. So even with what I've endured, um, I just think at some point they need to understand what they're dealing with, you know, with both. But I just am all about spreading the word of love and goodness and, you know, in a very honest, authentic way. I think our voices matter. And, you know, the truth eventually prevails but a lot of damage is done in the wake unfortunately well i honestly believe you don't need your parents honestly they might have given birth and be the part the process of you coming into this earth but you really don't need them uh you know to a certain degree yeah because diapers need to be changed and all this other stuff but when you get to that point you know you don't need to look love. You don't need to look for um, pleasing or approval from your parent. Right. That you, I agree with. That I agree with. That you should really be independent, and you really should just you know pursue your passions and and make a life for yourself. You know, I would love to be in my children's life still. But at this point, I realize everyone has their own journey. And, you know, we're all at various stages of our awakening. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that, that no other people can control for other people. No. You but know. some people don't understand that and they suppress even more or they're even uh-huh. more abusive, verbally emo- abusive. 
because I think the the younger generation, it, it, you know, from the, like my daughter, she's 23. Mm-hmm. Going to be 23. Oh my gosh, she's going to be 23. <laughs> <A few laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Happy you know? birthday to your daughter. Um, She's a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing, you know, it's funny because my spiritual awakening, when I started my spiritual awakening, I could go back now. She also started like a few months later mm-hmm. experiencing things. So I made sure like, okay, whatever I experienced and what I, I can understand, do more research because I felt like, oh, she's going through some similar experiences. She, mm-hmm. But hers was very traumatic and dramatic mm-hmm. at the same time. Because she went through uh, a car accident. She was dealing with anxiety, generational anxiety disorder. That's what they labeled her. And I was like, okay, she's got traumas that's manifesting, that's showing up in this anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know, child uh, traumas here. So I was like, okay. And I kept encouraging her, like, this is just a symptom. You can overcome this. You just got, you know, be patient. When you recognize this feeling, just tell yourself you're safe. You're okay. You're safe. You're okay. Because now it's an overdrive. Your body's gotten so familiar with that feeling that it's taken over on every little thing that you're experiencing, thinking it's that. So we got to give it balance. Right. And it's wonderful that she had you, even though you're saying that kids don't need their parents, it's wonderful that you were there to guide her on that. And I think as parents, you know, what, no matter what generation we are from, most parents do the absolute best that they can, that if they are, you know, they follow the guidance that they believe is in the best interest of their kids to be safe and happy. And, you know, so the intentions are really good. And, and that's why we can understand sometimes those of us that are evolved a little bit more, why our parents did some of the things that they did. They might not have done it out of an intention to harm at all. The end result might have been harmful, but that certainly might not have been what they set out to do. It's just that there are many, many different generations and and how we are guided to to deal with certain things. Like, for example, I, I had... Um, well, she's transitioned, but a, a wonderful aunt who um, whose 13-year-old son passed away in, a, in just kind of a freak accident. And her mother basically said, don't ever talk about him again. Don't talk to anyone. Don't even think about him and just go on with your life. And, you know, I don't think that my great grandmother, it would be my grandmother. I don't think that she was really meaning harm to her daughter. She was believing that that was the best way to handle the death, you know, in that generation. You just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, A program, a belief system. It was a belief system where now we've evolved to where there's self-help groups, you know, there's literature, there's podcasts, you know, people you know, feel that talking about these things are, it's a much more healthier approach because how painful it was for her to lose her son, but not to feel she had permission to even talk to anyone about it. You know, the, the isolation she felt that she must've felt, you know? Um, So 
anyway, what I was just trying to get to the point is that, you know, as a parent, I always believed I was doing the absolute best for my children. Am I perfect? No, I don't think anyone's perfect. We're human. But the intentions, of course, were all out of love to be the best you can be. And, and so, and we can only hope that, that people can kind of, at some point, come to an understanding. It doesn't mean that you have to put your boundaries down and say, well, I'll just accept anything. But I think understanding really helps you get through challenging times. Well, yes. And, you know, it's, you know, questioning. Questioning is important. You know, um, questioning, are you happy with your life? Is your, your life the way you desire it to be. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then there's something going on that you don't realize, you know, and you mentioned earlier, um, you know, yes, parents, some parents, you know, who knows the true meaning of love? Because everyone's been taught conditional love. Definitely. Yeah. But they really never experience unconditional love because that's a feeling that's already deep within us. Love is already in us. It's waiting for us to want to experience. But when you come into this earth, you're already being conditioned about what love is. And that's sad. You know, and you talk about the parental alienation when you were talking about that. I was like, oh, that's what the church does. That's what religion does. It alienates you from connecting mm-hmm. to the source. Life force energy that is a pure love that's already inside you. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And watch, it's like breaking free. It really is. That's the best way I could describe going through my experience and what I've discovered. Right. Them. And I look back, I'm like, well, that's their program. That's what they believe. You know, I love them at a distance. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's something important to know. You can love, but you can love at a distance because you do need to take care of your own well being at mm-hmm. some point. Well, and especially if I'm, you know, my vibrations and my frequency is getting up, you know, in that love level. Mm-hmm. I I can't allow them because they're stuck. I respect that. But hey, I got to let you go. Bye. Mm-hmm. I love you, but I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to associate with you mm-hmm. for my well-being because I'm going to stay up in this frequency vibration. Yeah. And that's a journey to get to that point. It's really, there. It, it's, there's a lot of, uh, ups and downs and trials and tribulations before you can kind of feel, feel the strength to give yourself permission to have that healthy boundary. I, I really don't look at it as a trial and tribulations. I just look at it more experiences in order for me to grow. Right. Right. You know, and it's with what's going on now and all the chaos, you know, it's, you know, this love, sponsoring fear fear sponsoring love and this up and hell hopefully mm-hmm. there'll be a little bit more balance right but everything that has been broken um not serving our well-being 
and everything, it's crashing down. You right. Know? Yeah. Actually, the truth is coming out about all sorts of things. And in so many ways, it seems like we have kind of a spiritual revolution happening because more and more people are asking those questions. More and more people are waking up to, to you know, understand the cognitive dissonance and try to make sense um, of, of, you know, things globally as well as things personally on a small level. So I think it's, it's a real, these are very unique times. And, mm -hmm. um, but there's so much to be happy about because, you know, awakening is a good thing. You know, I would rather live in love and truth and, and, and be authentic than live in a false reality and just go along. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. I'm like, you know, honesty and integrity, mm -hmm. you know, and love are the greatest things that you can have in life. But us as Virgos, mm -hmm. we don't put up, we rather have the truth than the lie, deceit, and the bullshit. Right. Although there are some Virgos that lie, cheat, and steal. So, well, I, then you know what? I got the bullshit radar detector already built inside of me. And let me tell you something. Once I figured out how to use that power, I use it every day now. Yeah, right. Actually, once you see, see things, you can't really unsee them. Right. Yeah. And I'm more of a, an emotional intuitive transmedium. Right. So I sense energies and then I've got this built in radar to where all I got to do is ask. Cause I'll always ask for the truth mm -hmm. and I'll just go, is this person telling, cause I feel like this person ain't telling me the truth. Is this person being honest with me? And I'll know right then and there, if they are, and I'll just smile. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I won't let them know that I know the truth. No, you don't need to. It's not your role to call them out on anything. You know, it's just, you know, just to be aware. Right. And then no. I'll get to the point where, you know what? I had enough of this bullshit and walk away. <laughs> yeah. And that's. that. And, and you leave people in the wake because, I mean, there are people that don't, won't understand that. They'll keep um, constantly hounding you, you know. They want that they want it back like how it was, but it can't be. No, it can't be how it was because it it, it might have been serving them, but it's not serving you at all. No, and I think that this is why I I feel like people now, you know, being in relationships that are, you know, like oh well, we just grew apart. No, the thing mm -hmm. about it is, is one was awakening and having self-realization god realization and wanted and they're learning and they're growing and they're evolving so yes. they just went up a different level while you stayed here you don't yes. want to change you don't see that you need to change yourself this person recognized i don't like this and i need to change right because really we're not out to change other people you know and and we can't change other people or no. other situations that are brought to our attention. We can only look at ourselves and decide how we respond, you know, as opposed to just reacting, you know, you, you start to learn the difference between the two. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you have, um, do you have any like 
upcoming projects that are in? Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, well, I'm, I'm writing a sixth book in the True Deceit False Love series. Um, I have been asked to be on numerous podcasts and TV shows. So I'm, you know, doing that to bring awareness. And um, but at some point, like in the next new year, I'm going to focus on some other literary endeavors. Um, I've been asked to contribute to some magazines, um, some different articles. And um, I just have kind of want to take my projects in a different direction. So we will see what happens in the new year. Awesome. I wish you the best of success and on you know this new phase, new season, new journey. Um, is there anything that you would like um, to also share uh, with the audience about you know what they could do now if they are if they have any questions, um, how to get in contact with you, even though I have it written in the description notes, but go ahead and say it. Right. Well, I, I'll tell you, I'm not, I, I don't have people usually contact me personally because I'm not a life coach and I don't yeah. profess to be, I'm an author. And so really if they want to find out, you know, about my book signings or speaking engagements, uh, actually, speaking of that, I am going to be speaking at Columbia University in New York City sometime uh, before the new year. Um, but, you know, they can always check me out on my website, which is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Awesome. And how can they get the True Deceit False Love? Well, all of my books um, are on Amazon. Okay, so they are just a click away. And um, they're also at Barnes and Noble. And then my publisher is Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. And Hay House, of course, is the publishing company that has a lot of self-help books, a lot of books on spirituality, you know, great resources there. But Amazon is a real easy place to get a hold of my books. And there are e-versions as well. Um, what about audio? I have not done that. I thought about it, but, you know, I didn't want to make the the investment in it. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing, you know, um, a whole nother aspect. And, you know, it's the books have been doing very well, you know, resonating with a lot of people kind of the way they are, whether it's paperback or the e-versions. So uh, it's not a money-making endeavor, as, as anyone who is an author would know. Um, it's more just a passion, you know, to try to spread awareness about some of these things. Offer, in my case, the True Deceit False Love series provides a creative approach, you know, some different resources to look into when they're trying to, to connect the dots, like we talked about. Yes, I love connecting the dots. Now... You know, I look at life like, okay, this is just an adventure. It's never a dull moment. That's for damn wow, sure. Wow. But it's just an adventure. And I'm here to learn, gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding in order to get to where I need to go, who to be, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm on this kick about we all have a false identity of who we are, you know through our beliefs and, and programmings and traumas 
But if we if we don't want our history, we're destined to repeat it. Right. So that's where I go back and hit. And it's fascinating to me. I'm like, holy shit, how do they know how to do this stuff? Like back in this time, like this is like 90,000 over 100,000, 200,000 years before, you know, and I'm just blown away by it. So I'm like happy on this journey. I'm like, oh, I want to go here and check this out. You know, right, right. Well, we keep on striving for authenticity, you know, mm -hmm. and for the truth and, you know, our self-actualization. And, and it is, it's an exciting journey in many ways. And I think many, I mean, I don't know about like the, that point or it could be the crossroad point, that breaking point. I think I was at my breaking point, but I feel like deep down inside, it was like my soul, like my soul is trying to catch up to my you know, where I was to say, okay, it's time for the truth now. I think I felt ready for it because I was just done. Yeah, that's actually a really neat way that you explain it like that, because usually it is just kind of, you know, we might say a breaking point, but that has negative connotations. It really can just be a crossroads where all of a sudden the light bulb is illuminated and, you know, you are meant to go on a different path. And, um, and it's one of awakening mm -hmm. and, and it is life changing. And even though you might have to leave behind people or situations, um, there's tremendous sadness in some of the loss, what you gain in clarity and in, you know, realizing your worth and your potential kind of outshines some of those losses. And you know what? Also freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Once you experience what a little bit of freedom feels like, then you just want to keep more to keep right. that freedom. Right. And then once you have that, you don't want to go back. Either. Right. Right. You don't. You're like, what was I thinking? And you're like, I have those moments. What was I thinking? Why did I stay for so long? Holy shit. You know, like, I, you know, I'm like, thank God I'm here now and not there. You know, right. So right. I, well, I think it's all part of our journey. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, every single experience is just leading us closer and closer to how we're supposed to be authentic with, with our authenticity. Mm -hmm. I, I'm all about, you know, be, transform, you know, you got to awaken, Yeah. you know, learn, evolve, transform and become. Mm hmm. And when you could be your true, it's like your soul lining up to this machine that you're in and experiencing everything that you wanted to in your soul form in the present now. Well, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I feel like I'm getting closer and closer. You sure are beautiful. Um, I want to thank you again for joining me and having this moment with you this i love this is what i'm passionate about this sparks me up and lights me up yeah. having people like you on my show oh really you're so kind and it's it's really such an honor and thank you for having me here and having this great discussion thank you yeah. well there you go you never know who i'm gonna get on my guests <laughs>
on my show with Wake Up With KC. And just to let you know, jewelry is provided by Pretty Bling Boutique and makeup and skincare is provided by Pharmacy. If you want to know more, click on the button below. If you want to get Marnie's books, go check her out on Amazon. And there are some links below that you can also click on as well. Until then, stay tuned to the next episode of Wake Up With KC.